Hello, and welcome to What in Tarnation, Tar Heel Blog's hot take podcast. On this episode, we're discussing UNC's loss to NC State on Black Friday. I'm Tanya Anderson, and with me, as always, is Brandon Anderson and Julius Emanuel. Guys, I would ask how we are, but I think we all know. Down tremendously. Yeah, especially considering, you know, I spent my Black Friday at the game. (laughs) That's not not a good time. That was a whole new definition of Black Friday, I would say. (laughs) For real, though. There was there was a lot of bad happening, but I guess we should rip the bandaid off and talk about the football portion of the proceedings first, because that happened first. Um, I I feel tremendously upset about this result because it seemed very avoidable. Yes. It was extremely avoidable, particularly in overtime. But, I mean, even in regulation, I don't know how what happened happened. I mean, the fact that they got it to overtime was surprising to me because it looked like it was just going to be bad from the jump for a bit. Um, But UNC scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to even get it to a point where they could fight for a win. Um, and then I don't know, kickers, man. <laughs> what can you say? It's it's a lot of pressure to put on kickers. You hope that the offense and defense can do their job and keep it in a you know create a situation where you're not having the kicker have to sweat it out and kick this huge field goal to go into triple overtime, but. That's exactly what happened, and unfortunately, he missed. Well, and to be fair, I really – so I don't place this on the defense, this one at all, and we'll get into that a little while, uh, a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess kickers can't be Drake Mays, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the defense held State to 59 rushing yards, which I feel like is is good. Um, they they did allow their 18th string quarterback to throw for 271 yards. Uh, so there's that. But truly, it it was not the defense's fault. We have rightfully ragged them for turning every game into a shootout for giving up far too many points to teams that are not very good. Um, I don't place this on the defense, Um, but it's definitely one of those situations where it's would have, could have, should have, and the should have stings a lot. The defense did all of that with a couple of injuries too. Cam Kelly went out for the game. I think there was somebody Storm else. Duck. Storm Duck went out. Yeah. I just, they did as well as one would have hoped, particularly in overtime. And the offense just couldn't get it done. And this really goes into what we've been saying about Phil Longo for quite some time, where some of the play calling is just confusing and infuriating. And 
I am sick and tired of him being bailed out by talent. Yeah, and I'll even go um, so far as to say as um, previously we had said or I had said that, you know, how many games do you expect UNC football to win, not scoring in the second half? But in a tight game, you know, the defense, no, they had at least four shutouts or at least, you know, four stops there. Um, and we didn't do anything. It's yeah. like we said, maybe not the last podcast we were talking, it was like, hey, now to your point, Brandon, uh, everybody was like, see, Phil Longo is essentially, is he is he being bailed out by Drake May's uh, talents and the ability to scramble? Um, and I think we're, you know, kind of seeing that play out. Yeah. I mean, we saw it a little, well, we saw it quite a bit with Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Sam Howell, Daz Newsom, Deami Brown. Those are a lot of like a, four of those, I believe are NFL five right now, NFL players. And now we have Drake may, who is absolutely going to be an NFL player how good remains to be seen, but you also have Josh Downs, who is once again another future NFL player that is going to be able to bail you out, that kind of thing. And I know that college football, like, of course, you're going to have NFL players, like what coach doesn't, but I feel like it is so distinct what this talent on the team is doing for Longo right now to make some of the bad calls look good. And it's just, I don't know how long, much longer you could keep it up. My thing, I think, with Longo is just not ever understanding what the strategy is in the red zone. I feel like that is where it shows up the most for me. And I don't know if it's just because you become hyper aware of every call once you're that close to the goal line or if it truly is like some kind of change from what they do on the rest of the field, uh, Julius is shaking his head. No. So <laughs> I guess he, he has some thoughts. on. Well, I was just going to say, so I agree with you. Like we get down into the red zone and we kind of get, um, we kind of stagnate down there, but that's because we don't really have an intermediate game. No. Uh, yeah. so do we do we know what a checkdown route is? Um, you know, other than you know Drake may pulling it down and running it. Um, we're, we're too concerned, or had been too concerned with the deep ball, and obviously that doesn't, that doesn't work in the, the end zone. Yeah. Was this the game? I'm sorry, they all blend together at some point. But was this the game where they were right up against the goal line and they did the like pitch back? Yeah. Why? I'm pretty sure that was this was the game. I don't know. Like that was just one of it was it was like a prime example of like what are you doing? If I remember right, that was the play that made me want to scream because they got into if it wasn't an eye formation, it was single yeah, back. It was it was very clearly like shouting in a megaphone at the defense Which that like won. something stupid was about to happen. <laughs> And just like putting it on a banner that flew over Keenan in that moment that it was like a run plays coming, but we're, it's going to be a bad one. Uh, yeah. And I know that football players, coaches on the other side, they know 
when a team's going to run usually they know when a team's going to pass usually when we're sitting on the couch and we see the formation and we're like i know exactly how this is going to go and it happens and it fails it's like that's on you but counterpoint to that is like (laughs) the down and distance will be like okay this is absolutely going to be a passing play yeah and they'll run for like a four yard loss (laughs) oh okay yeah i guess that's something that can be done there but but again i got it um it's just that i feel like you can substitute one of those uh first and second down runs uh backward pass and up the middle that doesn't go anywhere um because of course you're working from first and 12 at that point with a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with an intermediate throw, because what have we been talking about? Or what have we been seeing for the past couple of weeks? Uh, everyone's been talking about Dre's ability or Drake's ability to get it out very fast, yeah. right? So where where would that help you uh, in his ability to do that? It would be that intermediate game that we have somehow. Honestly, I can't remember the last time we consistently utilized that um, when it was not in the red zone. Like, but they were kind of giving us that all game because they knew maybe they knew we weren't going to use it. But um, you, know, you you had some you had some areas where you could do something there and at least march down the field kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe open maybe open up those deep routes that you're that you're looking for. But I don't know whether they just got used to Drake hitting the deep ball or whatever. But yeah, is that's always going to be a recipe for um, disaster. And yeah, that that came to fruition two games in a row. And I mean, State did largely hold Josh Downs in check. He only got 51 yards. Um, He didn't get a touchdown. Um, When your best receiver isn't getting the yardage, Um, that's obviously a recipe for disaster. Um, really it, it just emphasizes that, uh, through the air was not what we have seen out of Drake so far this season. Um, he only had one passing touchdown and then he also threw a pick. Um, I think that makes five on the year, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so it just, when you, when you aren't getting to downs and you're having a bit of trouble, like consistently having success offensively, um, it's further amplified by poor play calling. And I feel like there are just multiple times a game where I'm like, I've never played football. Probably am not the best person to ask for advice, but I fundamentally don't understand what the thought process was there. Yeah, I got nothing. I truly have nothing at this point. I've been trying to figure this out for the entire existence of Longo's career at UNC, and I cannot figure it out for the life of me. It's just, it's frustrating. 
Well, and the interesting piece is, you know, when you're actually at the game. And so I figured out the perfect uh, row and the section to sit in so that you have a, a full view of the, the game. So, you know, I'm actually watching it, trying to pretend I'm an analyst, but I'm not. But it's like <laughs> it's funny whenever you can see or irritating in this case. So it was the Duke game, the Pitt game and even this game uh, where you're watching them. And like you can see and I'm going to say it again, these intermediate routes where these guys are breaking open inside. And you're not looking that way because it's supposed to be either a backwards pass or a deep, a deep throw. And I'm like, yeah. And you're pointing to him. You're going, hey, like he's open and you're pointing. And, you know, when things go right, as you know, a la the pit game where you're pointing to him and he sees it and he throws it and he makes it. It's like, oh, yeah, we see that. That's not what we've been doing lately. Uh, and that's not what we did um, Friday either. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't know, is it, a situation where, you know, the the book is kind of out on Drake and everyone knows at this point what he wants to do? Is it a situation where, as the season has gone on, we've gotten sloppy with what we're calling? Like, I don't know. I I can't account for why the last couple weeks have looked so bad except to say there have just been some really inexplicable decisions some of it has been cute play calling yeah that's that's a that's a good way of putting what i was trying to say like yeah there's definitely been some of that i think drake has faced the most pressure he's faced in both the Georgia Tech game and the State game, I still can't figure out how State was able to rush three and the line was just crumbling like that. That has puzzled me for a couple days now. And I'm just like, what? How? And I feel like I'm still trying to figure out if he's holding the ball too long, which is very possible. But I'm also like I also just saw the line getting bull rushed again. I'm just like, okay, what happened to this line that used to somewhat protect him? I know some of that was masked by his athleticism, but it's just been it's it's like they regressed. Like I remember saying that Georgia Tech was a regression. This is even more of a regression. And now I'm like, what? in the world are we going to see when they play Clemson? (laughs) I mean, I was going to get there. I will say if there's any silver lining, it's that Clemson is limping into this game as well. Um, Yeah. It's going to be a battle of who can pick themselves up off the map better in Charlotte, I think. Um, They certainly do not intimidate me the way that Clemson would normally. Right. Um, I'm much more worried that we will beat ourselves. No, and I agree. And the funny thing about that is um, if UNC had won against Georgia Tech and NC State with the way Clemson has looked, at least defensively, UNC would have been the clear favorite to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not saying – like. I don't know. Part of me wants to say that I kind of still do expect to see them win just for the way that they have played. 
the way that Clemson has played defensively against, you know, Notre Dame and, uh, you know, this past weekend in South Carolina. But, yeah, not intimidated whatsoever. It's not going to be quite the – it's not going to be the thrill that we all thought it was going to be or or should be for the good of the conference going in uh, with my optimistic self. I kind of got burned on that one. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, well – We'll see. It should, it, should, it should still be a fairly good game, but um, yeah, not quite the high stakes environment that I was uh, thinking for. Maybe, well, maybe maybe more so for UNC because they are trying to snap a uh, streak there, a winless uh, streak there to end their conference title drought. But here's what still scares me. I know that we basically said that the defense did enough against state to where there was more than enough chances for the offense to help the team win. And that's true. There is still the fact that remains that state was on their third, fourth, fifth string. I don't know. Yeah. And so was Georgia tech and we lost to both teams and Clemson probably should be on their second string quarterback, but they they're just it. stubborn. Right. Okay. Fair. And D DJ has DJU has uh <laughs> he's been, he's been at times turnover prone. Uh-huh. Uh he's not been that prolific. I think he so he's been the offensive version of our defense, opportunistic, right? Because I believe he had like what a hundred and a hundred 20, 30 yards in their loss of South Carolina or something. I don't know. I have to go back and, and check that. But every, it seems every time that I've seen him play, he has really, really um, struggled you there. You mean passing or, or rushing? I thought passing. Which one was it? Um, he had 99 passing yards in the – Yeah, so I, I saw the stat line and I was like, oh, that's not good. Um, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so, so, so even if – so I – not okay. And Clemson fans, if you hear this, I'm really not trying to dog your quarterback, but um, I would put him in kind of I would not say that he was in a different tier than the quarterbacks that we have faced over the last six weeks. No, that's absolutely the truth. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um I mean, going into this game, I I mean, you <laughs> you can call it foolish optimism, and I will not disagree with you. I'm not worried as much about Carolina's defense just for the reasons just discussed. Um, I think as long as they don't completely crumble, that they will be competitive in that game. I am terrified for the offense. Yeah. (laughs) Just because, I mean, Clemson is a, I mean, state's defense is good. We will give them that. Um, Clemson's defense is pretty good. And we have not been playing (laughs) our best and brightest. True. So Clemson's defense is very good, but in an area that should help us, their secondary is not. Okay. I don't know that much about them to know that i just know that the defense has been good no their secondary their secondary is not that great and as a matter of fact um i'd have to say and i'm so sorry i'm admitting this uh state secondary may be better than clemson's that's fair yeah um, um, 
So I don't. So I think that to, to your point, as long as we can exploit that, I, I don't think that they'll be able to shut down uh, Josh Downs quite as much as NC State did. Um, assuming Josh, you know, he's healthy and he's, and he's playing with everything that we've been hearing across the board for UNC athletics over the past couple of days. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be able to shut down Josh Downs um, like State did. And I'm hoping Phil Longo, please. You can send me a nasty DM. I don't care. Um, <laughs> there's an intermediate game there. Um, yeah. help, please, help out, please help out Drake. Don't make Drake uh, try to make you look better. Um, you know, and, and let's do the thing. Like we can, we can do this. We just have to execute. So what I'm hearing is that we're going to run it up the gut, like 35 times. <laughs> Do you know yeah, how angry I'm going to be if that happens? Just, like this is this is Longo's time to shine, where he could be like, "Okay, nothing but explosive plays. We're going to beat their trash secondary." If he starts running like a hundred plays in this game, I I quit. Like it's truly the effort we're going deep game. Yeah, and if that is not what happens, I will probably become the Joker. Yeah. Okay, so hot take question for you. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm ready. If UNC somehow wins the ACC title, are we still thinking we need a change at offensive coordinator? Yes. I think if just because of what we just talked about, if Clemson's secondary is bad, I don't feel like there is any reason to – applaud Longo for anything that happens positively in that game because it's like you that's what you were expected to do this offense is like the best UNC offense for most of the season that we have had in a long time and if you if you beat Clemson with this offense you did what you were supposed to do but you didn't do more than that like I still hold Georgia Tech and NC State against them personally. So that's my thought. And I, so I say this because we're probably only going to get or should get Drake May for one more season. Yeah. We don't need another Sam Howell situation, right? We don't need a regression there. Drake sh- should be a top five pick, you know, next season, assuming we don't have that same thing that happened uh, with Sam. Um, his, when, when you know, whenever he came back, so I don't think it's fair to Drake to be in the same situation. I don't think, no matter how good you are talent wise, you should be trying to outplay your coach's um play calling. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I have a lot of contempt in my soul for the fact that I feel like we wasted Sam Howe. And that group, um, I will feel exponentially more contempt in my soul if we also waste the Drake May years. Um, And that is what I fear will happen if there isn't a change. That being said, I do not expect there to be a change. Um, and that is 
deeply, <laughs> deeply frustrating because it just feels like we are doing the bare minimum with the most. Like to get Sam Howe and Drake May back to back is a luxury that teams dream of. Yeah. Unless you're the Georgias or the Alabamas um, of the world, like that doesn't come along every year. Please see Clemson. Um, that drop off has been wild, traumatic. Um, well, that's probably a little bit of top of being stubborn too, but sure. sure. Oh, yeah, for Gr- sure. Granted, for sure. Um, I just can't stand to feel like we're going to have to stomach the last probable year of Drake being spent having the same conversation that I feel like we've been having for several seasons now. Well, I also do not expect a change, um, which is why I asked the question. I really wish, and I'm going to tweet this out whenever this is cut with that same question. So this, and I'm going to mute the conversation because I know this is going to get interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that I've learned that I can now do to kind of clean up my mentions. So I'm kind of oblivious to what's going on uh, <laughs> there. But no, I um, I agree. I, I just, yeah, it would be wasting and and. I asked it that way because we need to win the ACC title at this point. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we don't need any more defections uh, from commits. You know, you can, only, you can only recruit, unquote, unquote, hot air for so long. Um, you know, you got to produce something. But, yeah, to go into another season and waste what I would call a generational talent, at least, you know, that's what it looked like until, you know, the last two games, um, would just be egregious on our part. So. I'm still wondering if Mac Brown owes Phil Longo money, if <laughs> Longo saved his life at some point, if that's like the godfather of his child. I cannot figure out why. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bateman should have went too, but I can't understand how Longo was spared and also how he has survived to this point of the season. I I mean I I guess I do understand how he made it to this point of the season, but like once again, we're getting to the point where it's like his holes in the way he does things are getting stretched wide open, and now it's like all right, we got it. We saw the good parts of Longo, but now the really bad parts of him are costing you a lot, and it's like what are you going to do? Are you going to risk this happening again? Or are you going to do what needs to be done and make a change and actually save wasting Drake May's last season? Like, you have to do something. I'm kind of like, y'all, I don't expect it. But if Mac Brown cares at all about actually, you know, trying to make a push to the college football playoffs, you got to do something. I am cautious to not assign longo all of the blame and none of the credit um because until the last two games um there was at least enough there that i feel like he was not the main topic of conversation i mean all season 
we've been ready to strap Gene Chizik to the railroad tracks. Leave Gene Chizik alone. So I do, I do think that, I mean, everything that I feel like we've said is, is valid. Um, I think it's that like slight bit of like plausible doubt that will buy him at least another year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll agree with that, but it goes back to like, you know, what we said in the, or at least what I said in the last, in the last podcast, we knew what this UNC defense was giving us. And actually, if you want to, you know, talk about statistics and points per game and stuff like that, week over week, they have improved just enough. There's been a major regression on offense. Yeah. I feel like for what the offense was able to do early in the season, the game against State, it should have been – UNC should have won. Like, I know they allowed 30 points. Is that is that something that we should applaud the defense for? No, but, like, also – 30 uh, points is not egregious. Right. The way the offense was playing – In the fourth quarter is absolutely – Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, without that fourth quarter, that is a, a beat down and a half. And, I mean, really – Technically, they allowed 24 points in regulation. That's winnable. Y'all should have won that. They were averaging over 30 points before the Georgia Tech game. So it's just like. I saw a points per game leader stat line that had at one point in the season had UNC tied with Georgia for like sixth in the nation for points per game. We're not in the top 10 anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the competition hasn't improved that much. No. I mean, <laughs> State's season was down tremendously going into that game. They, they they had been struggling, and this is what we got. So, yeah. So def- and, and I say this to say also – so I'm not – while I'm wishing for a change there on the offensive side – not thinking it'll happen, but hope, but think, but wishing for one. I'm super thankful for uh, Longo and how we've gotten here to this, you know, to this point. Like, you know, obviously, if if it had not been for him, and I'd say questionable because I think is more a lot of it. I think is more Drake overcoming the defects in our play calling there. Um, had it not been for them, you know, we we wouldn't be here. But again, with you have all we were asking for was for the defense to show some signs of improvement. I feel like they did that, but what we did not need was offense to not regress slightly to just be like, okay, we're just gonna cool, we're just gonna coast it kind of thing. Um, again, how many how, how many second halves now have we had where UNC didn't even score a touchdown? <laughs> At least three. Yeah. It's just not acceptable, and I and I got it um, in a perfect world or in, in a normal you know college football team world. Uh, we'd have our defense can win you games. That's just not what we have, and we knew we know that's not what we have. 
but we, you know, we we have an offense that is supposed to. So, yeah, it's not like we're asking him to win a 60-55 game anymore, you know, or even a fifty, you know, forty-five. Right. These are games where the defense they are who they say they are. The bend don't break, which I hate. I hate sweating out the bending part, thinking that like I'm watching. I'm just like they're gonna break. They're gonna break. They're gonna break. But they they haven't really much this season. The only difference is, yeah, the offensive regression. That is what has cost us two games, maybe even the third. I don't remember the Notre, Notre Dame game terribly well. But no, we, no, <laughs> it would have been a, had to have been a Christmas Day miracle no, to help us with the Notre Dame game. But when you're talking about you talking about NC State specifically. You know, they have four straight shutouts. Um, and how many points do we get off that for offense? Zero. Yeah. Do you guys have predictions for Saturday? Heartbreak. And by I heartbreak, I mean we are so conditioned to pain that they will find a new way to give us pain. Okay, so I'll preface this with saying at least it will not end the way the 2015 <laughs> championship game ended. You think? <laughs> Please don't do this to us again in the a- ACC. Uh, no one's in the college football playoff hunt. Let this play out <laughs> the way that it needs to play out. We're good. But, no, I think UNC wins the title. After... The whole onside kick situation during the ACC championship game after the run play that I just don't know why we even did that that time that we played them in Keenan. They're going to find a new way to just this. This is I I call Clemson. So my thing <laughs> is, I feel like Charlotte has been like a low key. House of Horrors for UNC. Yeah. And I expect whatever ghosts exist there to rear their ugly heads and just cause some horrible nonsense. Because I haven't forgotten the basketball situation. haven't forgotten... The 2015 game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was like a very unfortunate South Carolina game in there. Charlotte just ain't been nice. Okay. Well, that's fair. And some people will hate this, but the reason why I want to say UNC is because there's nothing, there's, there's nothing, you know, pressure wise on this game. Like, whoever wins this game is not going to the college football playoff. You're not playing for anything more other than a title, which seems like something that UNC football can do. We can win games when it, when it I don't want to say an ACC title doesn't matter. I don't want to say that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't mean anything, you know, in the grand scheme of things other than, you know, you get a, you know, you get some more hardware. So I I I think they that I think they can do that. Now, if it was a you know spot for a college football playoff, or at this point we're in jeopardy of even missing out on the Orange Bowl, um, yeah, I'd have questions. But yeah, I think they can win. So I think they can win this when it's like, oh cool, yeah, you won the ACC title. Congrats. Um, we'll see you in the Gator Bowl. 
or whatever. But Julia said, "King of low stakes." <laughs> <laughs> if they lose this one, Longo should be fired. Like once again, we talked about it. I don't think that's what happens. But if you cannot do what you should do against that busted secondary, you need to be fired. I just, there's no excuse why you shouldn't be fired. But Mac Brown, once again, is still rewarding him for saving his baby from a burning building. Well, he's at the fire. <laughs> Maybe he watches Mac's cats when they're out of town or something. Maybe. I don't know. No, I just, you know, I, I don't even, I. If he'd accepted the motion, maybe let's keep him on staff. But yeah, we definitely need, and obviously that's not going to happen. Um, but I don't know, like how low key. Whenever I saw his name pop up for um, as one of the Charlotte candidates for head coach, I'm like, oh, this could be our way out. Um, but, <laughs> Alas, this is great. Do you want him? Yeah, he's fantastic. Like, you I'll help you. Help you pack. Yeah, I'll help you go. Like, come on, let's go. Can we to drive your U-Haul? It's like when somebody has a problematic dog that chews up everything and pees and poops everywhere, but when they're trying to get rid of them, they're like, no, they're great. They're, they're very energetic. Love people. Like, no. No, honey. Good times. Such optimism. Great place to be in. Well, let, it be known, let it be known that I did, even though it was a backhanded compliment, I did put on my rose-colored glasses and think that they're going to pull it out which you are either that that i'm going to be super drunk so don't call me after um, (laughs) (laughs) you are a respectable level of optimistic about it and i i applaud you for it i'm not there quite yet but i obviously hope they pull it off my toxic trait is that i pick unc in like almost every game of our staff predictions while low-key being like they're probably gonna lose them (laughs) i have been picking against them and when i have they've won and then when i pick them they lose so maybe the problem's me i'm the problem it's me well so we've got two more i'm gonna keep doing it assuming that you know the old adage is true that even a broken clock is right twice a day um, so, so maybe <laughs> I'll get one of these. <laughs> I mean, either you're right and you're happy about it, or you're wrong and you're mad about it. So, like, yeah, that's the way I view it. Um, I guess that kind of wraps up our takes on this game. See you in Charlotte. <laughs> So yeah, that's all for this one. Um, guys, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Find me at THB Brandon. You can find me at UNC underscore Tar Hill fan at your own risk. Unless Carolina loses, in which case do not at him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can't. You can't. I just won't be responsible for what I say until sometime early Sunday morning. And you can find me at Tanya underscore underscore Anderson. Until next time, go heels. Go heels. Go heels. <laughs>